Hello and welcome to a podcast about K-pop, a podcast where I, AI, talk about exactly what the title implies. Welcome to episode three, the first episode from quarantine. My school has recently been shut down due to the coronavirus, so hopefully you guys will be getting more content, assuming I can get my brother to quiet down. Um, So today I wanted to review the utter chaos that 2020 has been so far for the K-pop industry, not even necessarily related to the virus. From debuts to disbands to comebacks, I just kind of want to wrap up everything in a nice little bow um, and keep you guys informed on at least what I've been keeping up with. Um, Yeah, so stay tuned. Okay, so the first thing I want to do is apologize if the audio is a little bit quiet today. I'm currently recording in my basement um, and trying not to wake up my parents, so because it's generally a good idea. Um, so the first thing I want to go over is debuts so far this year. I've only really been keeping an eye on three, although I am aware of other debuts. I'm just going to cover the three that I am most familiar with. Um and so I'm sorry if I leave out any of your favorite rookie groups so far this year. So the first debut I want to cover is the first one that I got excited over this year, Brave Entertainment's uh, DKB or Darku B. Um, they're a nine-member boy group who debuted with the five-song EP Youth uh, with the title track, Sorry Mama. You guys have heard me rant about how amazing that album is before. Um, so this group is really like all involved with writing and producing their music, um, with multiple people who are considered like DJs or almost a producer line. They have two trained acrobats. They have two leaders, which is unique, and I'll get into this later. Um, the Magne is an 04 liner, and I can just hardly believe how amazing they are. There's no way a debut can just be that good. Are you sure they're a rookie group? Because they're, they're so good. Um, I can really hardly believe how amazing they are. Uh, I'm currently calling myself Loon and uh, D1 biased, although I am just about an OT9 stand at this point. Like I know, and I know I've said all this before, but really do listen to the UTP. It's just it's so incredible. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of them. Uh, so I really want to get into the fact of two leaders here for a second. I'm not quite sure why they have two, but you know what? I love them both. I think it could lead to some fun work with maybe subunits. Um, I think it'll be really interesting um, what they do with it and how Brave plays their cards. I am absolutely thrilled to see where Dark B goes. Next up is another group who debuted on the same day, actually, Signature. They're a seven-member girl group uh, under C9 subsidiary J9 who debuted with Nanunana. That's a mouthful. I know, uh, anyways, like, I know, like, a lot of people are comparing, like, Semi to Shuyu, and I really understand that comparison, and really, overall, uh, Signature gives me vibes of, like, 2018 twice, like, what is love, yes or yes, dance the night away, almost, um, and they also are giving me some of, like, Red Velvet, um, in a way, like, they're kind of giving me, like, those kind of bubblegummy vibes, um, I'm kind of looking at Bell and Semi to be my biases, uh, but I'm still kind of sorting that out. Um, they're already so strong for a rookie girl group. I think they really have a shot at Rookie of the Year. 
uh, Les SM's new girl group debuts, um, and I really look forward to seeing their promotions. So the final debut I'm going to cover today is MCND, Top Media's new boy group. Uh, they're five members. I love them a lot. Uh, their debut song, Ice Age, is so good, and the choreo is so clean. They also have a pre-debut track called uh, Top Gang That Slaps, um, and just this whole EP, it's called Into the Ice Age. It's just so amazing, and I really hope Top can do it right this time. Um, and I hope that this debut doesn't mean the same thing that Uptension meant for Teen Top. Like, I hope MCND doesn't mean the same thing for Uptension. Uh, we'll see. Um, my bias is looking to be Win or Bick at this point, although they're still so, so new. It's really hard to tell. Yeah, I'd really, really, really recommend checking this out. It's It's so good. I'm so excited to see where they go and really get to kind of grow up with them because they're so young. Their magna is also an 04 liner. So I think it'll be really interesting to see where they go in the future. So the next thing that I'm going to bring up is disbands. Okay, this is an excuse for me to rant about X1. They deserved so much better. So much better. I mean, it's such a shame that they only got the one mini-album. They're all, like, so talented. Like, just l listen to Flash. Look at the dance practice. Listen through the, like, through the mini-album. I'm still so mad that they had this band that they deserved so much better. I feel horrible for them, both as a one it and just as a person. They were so close. So many of them, it was their first time debuting. They had so much potential and only to use so little of it. Only five months of the five-year contract. It's just absolutely heartbreaking to me. They deserved their false first full length, their first world tour. Their first comeback. I miss them so much and I wish that CJ E&M could just... Do it right for once. I wish. And I wish. And I wish. And I miss them. The final thing I'm going to cover today is comebacks. Oh dear god, there's been so many comebacks. I mean, BTS, NCT127, Eismon, Monster X, Everglow, Alexa, Icon, Pentagon, Dreamcatcher, AB6, ATs, Luna, Itzy, Only One Of, and many others who I didn't list. I'll cover bits and pieces about all the ones that I just listed by like reviewing the title tracks or giving my opinion on the albums. I apologize if I miss any of your faves comebacks. Um, I'm just trying to cover a solid handful. And I'm going to start with the most anticipated comeback possibly ever. Map of the Soul 7. Holy crap, Map of the Soul 7. This album is so good. Rap line track, Namgi track, V-Min track, all the solo tracks, all the OT7 tracks. Every track on this album tells a story. Every word on this album has a meaning, and it's so good. I cried three times the first time I listened to it. It was it was great. Um, my favorite track from this album is probably Louder Than Bombs, but I just, I, I love this album, okay? It's become one of my favorite BTS albums of all time already. Um, it kicked uh, Love Yourself Answer out of the top three. 
So now my top three are um, Most Beautiful Moment in Life Part 2, You Never Walk Alone, and then now Map of the Soul 7. I just, I love BTS, okay? I know that's, like, a big group, and some people might call me basic, but I just, they're so talented. I love them so much. Up next, NCT 127's second full-length album, Neozone. My bias list is in shambles. Honestly, like, this album is really good. I really enjoyed it. Although this is probably my least favorite 127 title track. That's a lie. My least favorite is Limitless because we don't even... (sighs) We're going to just forget that ever happened. But I feel like the B-sides make up for where the title track lacks, in my opinion. I know, like, basically any stan is dead. Like, Yuta and Taeyong stans are done for. Johnny stans are in a ditch. Mark stans are dead, but that's just life as a Mark stan. And this comeback has just left me dead. My favorite song is probably Love Song or Pandora's Box. Or Mad Dog, because it almost feels like a Mad City part two, and I love Mad City a lot. Yeah, what a, it was just overall just a good album. I want to cover Eyes One next. Fiesta has kind of grown on me, honestly. I'm really enjoying it. Um, Like, in the whole Bloom is album is just, it's good. It's all just good. But I know the past few months have been really rough for the girls with the scandal that disbanded their brother group. I'm so glad, though, that they're still able to promote. And I'm so glad that they're happy because that's what matters. Monster X had their first English album on February 14th with All About Love. And it's so good. I mean, just what can I say about it? Just, I mean, my favorite track is probably Someone, Someone, but the album is just so good. They're so good. I love Monster X. Side note, the day that I'm recording this is the day that Starship Entertainment releases, like, released the statement saying that uh, One Ho is innocent, so I'm very happy about that. I think that this will be interesting to see how that plays out with the rest of the group. Yeah. Everglow. That's who I'm bringing up next. Easily my favorite rookie girl group from last year. They have once again slayed the stage with Dun Dun and the Reminiscence EP. And while, you know, line distribution was unfair as per usual, I was just, I was really happy with this mini album. I would love more, like, content for the rest of the girls. But you know what? We got a killer title track. We got a killer EP. I'll take what I can get. All right, Alexa with Do or Die. I mean, that's just it. This song was kind of like, for me, this would be the do or die for her. Like, decide if I really fell in love with her music. And guess what? I fell in love with her music. I really, I really enjoyed the track. I, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it. I just think that it's, it's just a really good track. Icon, uh, while I missed hearing Hanman on this comeback, I, I, I can't decide, or can't deny how good I Decide is. Dive was just a really good track, and um, I think this whole mini-album is just 
I think it's just good. It's not the same without him, of course. Um, I'd say that my favorite track is probably All the World. Um, but I think this comeback was kind of dampered for me because I miss him so much. Pentagon. Can we just, I mean, can we... Universe the Black Hole... Universe, Universe the Black Hall, there we go, showed up and I said take my money. The hard song, just this hard rock feel, just please, I need more hard Pentagon content. There's a reason that this has already become their most viewed music video. Just Dr. Heckin' baby. Wow, it was so... I can't, I can't even fathom how amazing that song was. Alright, Dreamcatcher is up next for me to cover. I think that Dystopia is going to be a really interesting series, and I think Tree of Language started it perfectly. I love Scream. Like, the rock vibes that I fell in love with Dreamcatcher for really kind of came back and killed with that EDM twist. I love, like, how Dreamcatcher has these dark concepts, and I just, I love them. I really couldn't have asked for more from this album. I am so proud of them for their first full length. AB6. They decided to each have a solo track for this digital album, and I'm honestly loving it. I think it's obvious how much time and effort they put into like writing, singing, and producing this album. I think that it was amazingly done. I couldn't ask for much more. Um, I would have liked a group track, but I think that they were really all able to show off their individual talents using these solos, and I think that that might actually help like bring them more promotion in a way. I don't know. ATs. Their rookie treasure era, like the rookie era treasure, came to a close with Answer. And when I say I cried the first time I heard that song, I mean, ATs writes music that transcends language. They wrote a song I felt in my bones prior to knowing what it meant. I fell in love with this track the first time I heard it, and I just haven't stopped listening to it. This is honestly becoming my favorite 80s album. It has become my favorite 80s album and my favorite 80s track. Replacing Dancing Like Butterfly Wings is my top. I couldn't be more proud of them. I am so proud of how far they've come in their rookie time. And I think that this year is their last year as rookies. Will they'll be able to bring something new and fresh to the table? Luna. So what? Just so good. What else can I say about it? This whole album slept with me with bias wrecking. I just I love Luna. I know you've heard me say it before, but I love Luna. This isn't by any means, my favorite title track or my favorite Luna comeback. But I like it a lot. I think it's really good. And I'm really proud of them. And I just, I love Luna. All right, don't touch me. I'm soft. <laughs> it's the wannabe has kind of grown on me, but I just didn't really care for this comeback. Honestly, I was a little bit disappointed. Like when Dala Dala dropped, I said, you can take my Dala Dala's. I think, yeah, I definitely prefer Dala Dala um, and that album and the It's Icy, like, B-sides. Like, if Wannabe was the title track with It's Icy's B-sides, I think this album would have been perfect. I just think it 
fell short. The last uh, out, or comeback that I'm going to be covering is only one of Dot Point Jump 2.1. That's a really long and confusing title, but it's so good you don't even understand. Quick tip for better sleep. Sleep on a bed, not only one of. This uh, album was title-tracked with Dora Mar, which is just so well-written. Their lyrics flow together so well, and it's kind of creepy, and I really like it a lot. I love their music so much. I just really hope that Jinji can see through his hair. All right. Well, I think that that's going to end the episode for today. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to hear more, then you can save this podcast on Spotify or Anchor. You can also check out my Anchor profile at anchor.fm slash AI of K-pop. If you would like to keep in touch with me or give me suggestions or anything, if you liked this episode of the podcast, please leave a kind rating. Um, And if you have any questions, don't be afraid to get in contact. Um, Until next time, I'm AI. Have a wonderful day.